Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Hello, I'm Kathi Kaff, a Seroptimist from Bonn in Germany. Bonn is famous as the birthplace of Ludwig van Beethoven, the great composer of the European anthem Ode to Joy. In October, we in Seroptimist International launched our 100th anniversary campaign, celebrating our bright past and brilliant future. I've been a Seroptimist for 36 years, serving our organization in many functions. I'm honored to be the host of today's conversation, which is about two famous European Seroptimists. The first is Suzanne Noel, who lived from 1878 to 1954. The second is Janine Jacquemin, who was born in 1921, the year the first Seroptimist Club was founded in California, in the US. Both were outstanding French medical doctors. Suzanne Noel was a pioneer in her profession of reconstructive surgery, and she was the founder of the very first Seroptimist Club on the European continent, in the capital of France, in Paris. My guests for this podcast are two distinguished Seroptimists from Switzerland. Marie-Jeanne Bouzilla was president of Seroptimist International, and Renata Trottmann was president of Seroptimist International of Europe. As for almost all European Seroptimists, English is not our mother tongue. On the other hand, Marie-Jeanne and Renata both speak four languages, Italian, French, German and English. Renata, would you like to tell our audience about Suzanne Well's life as the daughter of a bourgeois family? Thank you, Cathy, and hello, everybody. Well, Suzanne's life had a rather difficult start. When she was born, her parents had lost three of their children and her father died when she was only six years old. Suzanne married early at the age of 19. Her husband, Henri Perta, a medical doctor, was nine years older. And after finishing school, she started to study medicine with the consent of her husband, necessary at that time. We might wonder why she decided to specialize in plastic and cosmetic surgery. Maybe it was that she could see her professor of dermatology operating successfully on an ugly scar of a little girl's cheek. So we find Suzanne Noel experimenting on her own skin. At the same time, she was working hard for her final examinations to qualify as a medical doctor. And at the end, she succeeds in passing all her exams, one of the few women to do so. Of course, she goes on to specialize in dermatology. And after 11 years of marriages, she gives birth to a girl, Jacqueline. What happens to Suzanne after the First World War? She operates on soldiers' face wounds, especially their broken mouths. During this time, her husband suffers from his experiments with gas and later dies from an attack of suffocation. But Suzanne continues working for her thesis 
and after a short time of mourning, she marries her colleague André Noël. She's now 42 years old. She practices cosmetic surgery at home. She's known for operating with her bare hands without gloves, which she finds too rough and cumbersome. Then, suddenly, her life is shaken by the death of her daughter, aged 13. During this extremely difficult period, Suzanne Well learns about the Soroptimist movement. Exactly. At the same time, Soroptimist International has just been established in California. Suzanne Noel was enthusiastic about Soroptimist ideas. In March 1924, Suzanne Noel gathered a number of women around her, ladies of standing and artistic profession or from the business world. But the idea of a service club was completely new in France. Women had no political rights, no personal freedom. And those who were demanding these rights were the object of ridicule, called suffragettes. And Cézanne Noël was one of those, wearing a hat with the words, I want to vote, printed on it. Cézanne founded the first Soroptimist club on the European continent in October 1924. And she organized a splendid inauguration ceremony for the new club. As for Suzanne's personal life, by now she was 47 years old and in grave financial difficulties. Then, in 1925, everything changed for the better. From now on, she devoted herself completely to cosmetic surgery and the expansion of Soroptimist International. She was frequently abroad, lecturing on the techniques of cosmetic surgery. And she kept her lecture simple and lively, so she was very successful. And of course, she always seized the opportunity to talk about Soroptimists, and when possible, she suggested the chartering of a new club. French embassies abroad welcomed her with pleasure and arranged receptions for her. In 1928, she was decorated with the Legion of Honor. Suzanne Noël undoubtedly had the gift of finding the right people when she launched new clubs. She founded the club of La Haye in the Netherlands, then that of Amsterdam. These were followed by Milan and at the end of 29, Vienna. Antwerp and Geneva followed in 1930. One of her students, the surgeon Edith Peritz, helped her found the club of Berlin. But then came the Nazi regime. And Sir Optimus Berlin went into what we call inner immigration. Renata, did Suzanne Noel stop at the boundaries of Europe? No, not at all. It was in 1935 on a lecture tour in the Far East that she laid the foundation of the Chinese and Japanese clubs. Sadly, the five Chinese clubs did not survive the communist revolution. But the Kyoto Club was the first on a long series and the Japanese clubs have been very successful ever since. In 1930, Suzanne Noel set up the Soroptimist European Federation and became its first president. Of course, she encountered numerous complications. To start with, the legal status of women differed from country to country and of course there were the language barriers. Soroptimists of Europe adapted both English and French as official languages. The year 1936 marked a turning point in Suzanne Noel's life. After an accident, she had severe problems with her sight. 
but she underwent an operation. Her eyes recovered and she continued to look for opportunities to found new clubs. Copenhagen, Odense in Aarhus in Denmark, then uh, Stockholm in Sweden and Helsinki in Finland. 1948 was a milestone. Suzanne Noel chartered Sroptimist International of Istanbul, the very first club in a Muslim country. Athens, founded one year later, was Suzanne's last Sroptimist baby. Of course, by this time, she was the best known Sroptimist of all. With her legendary hat or bibis, sometimes decorated with flowers or feathers. In the 50s, Suzanne Noel had to give up practicing small scale surgery. In November 54, she died of pneumonia. She was 76. In conclusion, Sir Optimist International could have had no better gift than Suzanne Noel. To honor her, the European Federation has set up a scholarship fund with the object to support female doctors to perfect their knowledge in plastic and reconstructive surgery. And during the last years, many places and streets in France were named after Suzanne Noel upon the initiative of the French Sir Optimists. Thank you, Renata for introducing us to this outstanding woman doctor. She certainly was one of the greatest optimists in the past century. Now I'd like to turn to Marie-Jeanne Bouzia. Marie-Jeanne, you and I, we both had the privilege of meeting Janine Jacquemin, a wonderfully cheerful person and a great respected French optimist. Janine loved to welcome her friends in her magnificent apartment on the Ile Saint-Louis, Overlooking the back of Notre Dame, the famous cathedral in Paris, which was partly destroyed by fire last year. Marie-Jeanne, tell us when and where you met Janine Jacquemin for the first time. It was in 1983-1984. I was president of the Swiss Union and was often invited in Paris. Janine was already active in the Club Paris Fondateur. What can you tell us about her medical career? Janine prepared for her medical exams during the said miserable period of World War II. In 1942, she passed her first exams of her medical studies. When Paris was liberated, she worked in local emergency surgical teams. She even set up a clandestine operating unit in a bathroom for resistance fighters. And this reminds me very much of Suzanne Noel, who operated on the wounded of the First World War, the soldiers with the damaged faces. Yes, but in the Paris of World War II, it was, above all, the resistance fighter she helped. She stitched their wound and extracted bullets so that they did not have to go to the hospital where their identity might have been revealed. In 1945, Janine Jacquemin was awarded the Military Cross for a bravery duct in World War II. After the war, she completed her studies of medicine. In 1949, she completed her doctoral thesis with distinction. Dr. Janine Jacquemin decided to practice liberal medicine, that is to say, to work as a self-employed physician. When did Janine become a seroptimist? 
1986, finally, she was admitted as a member to the Paris Fondateur Club. Janine was already passionate about our organization and participated in some optimist events in Paris and throughout the whole world. She enjoyed the international aspect of our organization and she admired Dr. Suzanne Noel. She wrote a book on her life, which met with great success. I remember Janine sitting at the international meeting, signing her book with great enthusiasm. In March 1987, Janine was awarded the National Order of Merit. And on 28 April 1987, she was elected president of the Paris Fondateur Club. President Janine knew how to communicate love of parties and merriment. A strong friendship developed between Janine and myself. And I was delighted to be able to present her to our international board as a worthy candidate for the Soroptimist International Representative at UNESCO. She was appointed and became deeply involved in this key Soroptimist position with all the energy and charisma. In the context of her activities at UNESCO, she participated in numerous working groups that were concerned with the promotion and the condition of women and gender equality, as well as working groups on culture and development. She took lessons in English, a language she did not know. She wishes to be competent in international meetings. This was, I remember, one of her many successes. I remember well that whenever Sir Optimist visited Paris, Janine would invite her to come to UNESCO, show her around, uh, introduce her to interesting people, and discuss Sir Optimist issues. During my international presidency, it was thanks to her that I had the opportunity of presenting the position of women's organizations during the UNESCO Ordinary General Assembly. Janine Jacquemin had a talent for making a celebration of every moment she lived. She left us peacefully on 30 September 1999. She was my precious friend and I will never forget her. Thank you, Marie-Jeanne, for this touching testimony. And thank you very much, Renata. We have almost reached the end of our interview. You have heard a bit more about our bright Soroptimist past, and you have learned how much Soroptimists make a difference in the life of women, how much they can develop their potential as these two role models did. I hope you listeners found it interesting and enjoyed it. Please join us for our next podcast. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Soroptimist International. Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Soroptimist Global on Facebook and Instagram and at Soroptitweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, soroptimistinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.